0: Now, last week, we talked about the faith of Abel. We talked about Cain and Abel's sacrifice. And just kind of a, a recap on that. Uh, they both gave an offering. They both sacrificed. But Abel's sacrifice was given out of faith, not just out of the quantity of what he had. And again, his sacrifice of his flock was one that he himself uh, raised, that he himself put an investment into, so it wasn't just a sacrifice, it was a personal thing behind a sacrifice of giving up something that he treasured so much. And so as we give, it's not just, oh, let me give, this is good. But you can give at a good pace, but am I giving at a faithful pace? Which is not just good or great, but it's beyond that because it's taking you even a step further in that. Now today I want to talk about the next person that is in Hebrews 11. Because Hebrews 11 is called the the biblical hall of faith. And so in verse 1 of chapter 11 in Hebrews, it says, Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. Uh, By faith Abel offered God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as a righteous man when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, he still speaks, even though he is dead. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seeks him. This is what I want to look at today, the story of Enoch. Now, that story is told in Genesis 5. We'll look there in a minute. But it's not very much said about him in Hebrews 11 here, basically what we just read. But in Genesis 5, it's not a whole lot said about him either. There's four verses that talk about Enoch in Genesis 5. And in those four verses... God explains to us how we ourselves can live by faith. See, it doesn't take reading five or six chapters to be this big faithful person. Sometimes it's the simple things, the smaller things, the things we focus on instead of trying to get a lot of knowledge, get the heart of what he's saying. So I want us to turn over to Genesis chapter 5. First book in the Bible, we're going to read starting in verse 21, Genesis 5:21 through 24. When Enoch had lived 65 years, he became the father of Methuselah. And after he became the father of Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Enoch lived 365 years. Enoch walked with God, and then he was no more because God took him away. When Methuselah, who had lived, well, that's good enough we talking about Enoch. We ain't talking about his son right now. From this account, again, we see that Enoch lived 365 years. The world's oldest person right now is named Violet Brown, a Jamaican lady who's 117 years old. Oh, well, she was the oldest person. When did that happen? I just looked this up this week. Good Lord. Y'all on top of everything. Well, she was the oldest person. <laughs> I'm about to Google somebody else real quick. Well, my father-in-law is 93 years old. And he still molds his lawn. He gets up on the roof, cleans the gutters, does all that stuff. Amazing. Present day longevity isn't as great as it was back in that time. For some reason, before the flood occurred, when Noah and they wiped out the earth, people lived a long, long time. And I know some would say it's because we don't have processed foods. We don't have gluten. We don't have all those things. I don't know. But the fact is, life fan was a lot longer back during that time now use your christian imagination with me for a moment you guys remember barney the dinosaur imagination all right y'all know y'all be lying i know y'all watch barney y'all just acting like y'all didn't i'm too cool for barney y'all watch barney with your kids But anyway, use your imagination. If Enoch's life ended now, this year, that means he would have been born in 1653. So let's flash back to 1653. Here are some facts back then. On February 2nd, New Amsterdam becomes a city, which is later renamed New York. So the city of New York was created back in 1653 as it started. So let's fast forward and say Enoch was 100 years old which would be 1753. This is when Ben Franklin invented the lightning rod. Let's go 200 years, 1853. This was the first horse-drawn fire engine that was ever put into service. Let's go 300 years, 1953. Queen Elizabeth II was crowned Queen of England. It's amazing what can happen over a person's lifespan. But if you look at his life, 365 years, so many things would have occurred. When we look at this, and it talks about, in Genesis 5, this is called the graveyard chapter of the Bible. Because throughout the Bible, it talks about somebody, then it says, and then he died. And it talks about it, and then he died. In verse 5, verse 8, verse 11, verse 14, verse 17, 20, 20, it talks about people. They lived, they had children, then they died. They lived, they had children, then they died. It just kept occurring until it got to verse 24, when it talks about Enoch, And it says, Enoch walked with God, then he was no more, because God took him away. Well, what does it mean he was no more, that God took him away? Well, that means he did not experience a physical death, that he literally was taken away. You know, this same thing occurred to the prophet Elijah in 2 Kings chapter 2. It said there was a, a horses and chariots of fire. He was taken up in a whirlwind. And we look at that and we think, that would be amazing. I mean, that's the way to go. But look over in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. All the T's are together. Thessalonians, Timothy, Titus. 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 16. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, and with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with him, with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage each other with these words. You know, this is saying that when Jesus comes back, you may be walking down to the bus stop. And then that second coming, you're walking down there and all of a sudden you're trying to look and see what's going on. And all of a sudden, you keep walking it, but you're walking up higher and higher. Because now God's calling you up there to be with him. See, this is what happened. Enoch walked with God for 300 years. Now, it doesn't say exactly how he went away. But yet, you can see he's walking with God. And they're just walking down. And he's talking. And people saying, oh, there's Enoch talking to his God again. You know how he is. And there, he's just talking to God. And he's just walking And he's going on about his business, going on his route on his way home. And then God says, you know what, ain't it? Hold on. Don't go your route. Come my route. Let's go to my house. So he just starts to walk with God. And instead, he walks with God and he goes off with God on his own. And they see him no more. (laughs) But (laughs) if you look in Hebrews 11, again in verse 5, the thing it says at the end, it says, He was commended as one who pleased God. So there was something about his life that pleased God so much that one day God said, I don't want you to take that route home. I want you to come home with me. And he just walked with him on home. So they saw him walking and talking, and then all of a sudden, he went a different direction, and he was seen no more. This is what I want to talk to us about today. What does it mean to walk with God? How do you do this? Now, I said, when he was 65, he had his child, Bethuselah. And then he walked with God for 300 years. I don't know how long you've been a Christian. But you think your 20, 30 years has been, ooh, that's a long time. we talk about 300 years of walking with God. Now, if you walk with God after 300 years, you know God. Y'all have developed a fellowship, a friendship, a relationship. And that's what happens. So you come to know Christ, you get baptized, you walk as a disciple, But the longer you are a disciple, the closer you should be getting to Jesus Christ. The closer you should be getting to God. The longer you walk with God, you shouldn't struggle as long with your sins. Because you're closer to God. There's three things I want to talk about today and make it real simple for it. The first one is this. If we want to walk in faith with Christ, we must want to go to the same place. If you're going to walk with somebody... You need to want to go to the same place. Write this scripture down. Amos chapter 3, verse 3. You don't have to turn there, I'll take it too long. Amos 3, verse 3. It says, Do two walk together unless they agree to do so. Two people cannot walk together unless they agree. Both of them mutually agree to do so. So after church, say you wanted to go to Harlem and I wanted to go to New Rochelle. Well, you know what? We can't walk together. Because that's two different places that we're headed to. you got to ask yourself, if I'm not walking with God, with Jesus, if Jesus is not walking with me, maybe I'm not going to the same place he's going. You say, I'm struggling in my walk with Christ. Well, where are you going in? Why, why are you struggling with it? He knows where he's going. Look at Luke chapter 9. Enoch walked with God. He was headed in the same direction. Luke chapter 9, verse 57. Here's a scripture we've probably read hundreds of times, but I want you to look at it in a different way today. Luke 9, 57. As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He said to another man, Follow me. But the man replied, Lord, first let me go bury my father. Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Listen to me. God calls mankind not to be a disciple, not to just go to church. He calls mankind to walk with him. You got to understand what I'm saying. I'm not saying go through seven Bible studies and then get immersed in water. He said, I'm calling you to walk with me. He was walking. He called these three guys. The first guy, he couldn't do it. Because I want to walk with you, Jesus. Jesus said, hey, that's fine. I'm not sure where I'm going to lay down or which direction we're going to be going today or tomorrow. But you know what? If you're going to walk with me, you're more than welcome. He said, whoa, whoa, whoa wait a minute. I, I'm not in control of that. If I can't tell you which direction we're going, if I can't have a say in that, if I don't feel secure with that, I, I can't do that. I, you have no place to lay your head? That's not for me. Some people don't walk with Jesus because they can't control that walk with Jesus. You got to ask, am I making excuses because I'm not in control of this thing? He asked another guy, come with me. But you know what? He said, you know what? I I, I just can't. He started following his emotions. I feel so bad. If you know what happened to my family, you don't understand. My kids are wearing me out. My family needs me back there. You know what? Don't worry about them. Come walk with me. I just can't. There's just too much going on for me right now. I'll, I'll walk with you later. How many people say that? He asked another guy, come walk with me. You know what? He says, you know what? My family is too important. My fa- I, I got to go back. I got to celebrate. I got I to be with my family. You know what? If I walk with you, my spouse may not want me to. They may not like it. So you know what? I can't do that. This would be going against everything my family raised me to be like. That's different than what I was raised. So I don't think I can walk with you, Jesus. See, the real issue is, are you walking with Jesus? Because if you're walking with Jesus, you won't be watching pornography. If you're walking with Jesus, you won't be yelling and arguing. If you're walking with Jesus, you won't be doing half the stuff that the people around you are doing. If you're walking with Jesus and you're flipping through the television show or logging in or something, and you know Jesus is right there with you, you repent. But how many people in this room are still struggling with things? You're not struggling. The issue is you're not walking with Jesus. That's the real issue. Well, I am a disciple. I ain't saying nothing about a disciple. I'm saying walking with Jesus. That's a whole different thing. Look at what he says in chapter 14, Luke 14. To get to the same place that Jesus is, heaven, we must do what Jesus did. And in verse 25 of Luke 14, he says, Large crowds were traveling with them, turning to them and said, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, his wife and children, his brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. You say, well, I can deal with my mom. I can deal with my dad. I can deal with my brothers and sisters. I ain't like them that much anyway. But well, what about your own life? Because a lot of times, that's what we don't want to give up, our time, our sleep, our energy. He says, if you can't give that up to walk with me, you're not really a disciple. So let's stop playing around. Let's stop joking. Are you walking with Jesus? This is what it comes down to. Well, I'm not sure. If you're not sure, the answer is no. Because everybody that's walking with Jesus is sure they're walking with Jesus. Even back in that day, when they were walking with Jesus, everybody, other people knew they were walking with Jesus. That's why they got the nickname Christians. They're so Christ-like. So, the first thing we need to see from Enoch, he walked with God for 300 years. And it was obvious to everybody. And because of this, he pleased God. If you want to please God, walk with God. It is that simple. Sometimes we try to make this harder than it is. We try to figure out what all the checklist things we got to do. Only thing you need to check off is walk with Jesus. So you got to be willing to go to the same place. Do the same things he did. You know, my uh, uh, when we first moved here, I had to put my truck in the shop. Uh, it was some, some things. It was a long drive up there, but it was some things going on in the truck. And during that time, we only had one car. So then my wife was out driving, and she got a flat tire. And so she got a flat tire, so she called me and said, hey, can you help me? I'm like, I ain't got no truck. I can't help you. So I'm thinking, let me call somebody else, and then we'll get you. Where are you? She said, I'm on the highway in the Bronx. <laughs> There's a lot of highways. <laughs> well, that doesn't help me at all. Like you're going to church underneath the bridge, take that ramp off. You know how many bridges there are in New York? He said, it's right there, like going to church. Now, in my mind, I go this certain direction to church. So in my mind, I'd already locked in where she was. But she was giving me landmarks to help me see this is where she is. Now, if I had just listened to her landmarks, I would have known exactly where she was. But in my mind, I've already pictured her on the side of the road at this location. So now I'm all frustrated. Like you're not, you're not telling me what I need to hear. You're not giving me, I'm 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 frantic now. You don't want one help. You can't tell me where you're at. I mean, this is kind of crazy. Yeah, I'm the preacher and I was feeling that. Don't act like y'all ain't ever had none of that stuff. So I'm just like, what? But here's the thing. If I had just listened to her landmarks, I would have known what direction to go. If you're walking with Jesus. There are landmarks, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, coming to church with a smile on your face, coming to church hugging somebody, coming to church ready to give, not to take. These are landmarks of walking with Jesus. Well, here's the problem. Some people are on a different path. Two blocks down Anger Street, turn left on impurity, go right across to blaming somebody else, which is right next door to cuss at somebody. What kind of landmarks are you giving out to people? Is it the path where Jesus is going or your own path? Where is it at? Oh, I'm still struggling with anger because you're going on a different direction. You're not going to the same place Jesus is going. Well, I'm still trying to get over all these different attitudes from the past. Fifteen years ago, what path are you on? Jesus on the cross talking about forgive them for they do not know what they're doing. But we, fifteen years later, still got problems with somebody. Seriously? Are you going to the same place Jesus is going? If you're not, you're not walking with Jesus. And some of y'all are going to leave here thinking you need to get baptized again. Well, let me tell you something. It might be true. Point number two. You need to look at your landmarks. Seriously. Your life is your landmarks. But first thing, we got to want to go to the same place. Secondly, we got to go on the same path. If you're going to walk with somebody, you have to go on the same path. Now, at the same time, there's more than one Roads you could take to get to Harlem, if you all want to go to Harlem for some reason. I'm not saying we're going to Harlem, but I'm just saying, if that's where we want to go, just, you could take a cab, you could take a train, you could take an Uber. You could take different directions, different routes to get there. But let me show you this, Proverbs chapter 3. Enoch didn't just take any road. He took the same road, the same place that Jesus was taking. Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. If we're trusting in God and not our own feelings and wisdom, our path will be straight. For some people, your path, you got some potholes, you got some ditches, you got some stuff that you got to go all over. You got to understand, maybe I'm not on the same path that God is trying to lead me on here. It's important for us to see this. Look in Psalms 119, a couple of pages before what we were just at. Psalms 119, verse 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my for my path. I have taken an oath and confirmed it that I will follow your righteous law. It says his word is a lamp for my feet. This is a dark world we live in, but this is the only light that can guide us on the right path. If things are dark and gloomy in your life, if it's boring and dull, you probably need to get into God's Word a little bit more. Because I don't think there was one dull day in Jesus' life. You look at all he did. It's just boring. No, he never had a boring day. So if you're just so bored, maybe you're not on the same path going to the same place as Jesus was. And then thirdly and finally, we got to have the same place, the same path, and then we've also got to go at the same pace. We've got to go at the same pace. And that's what Enoch did. He kept in step with God. He didn't run ahead of God. He didn't fall behind. He kept on the same pace for 300 years. Now, here's what's interesting. The Bible is so incredible because it makes it clear that when he was 65, that's when he had his son, Methuselah. And then at that point, he walked with God. So for those first 65 years, he wasn't walking with God. He was doing his own kind of thing. So no matter what age you are or where you're from, you can still make a decision to walk with God. Now, it doesn't say why he decided. Maybe he had this child and he saw his wife give birth and he thought about such a precious little thing. Kind of like John in the back holding his baby right there. Ain't nobody taking that baby out of his hands. And he said, you know what? This is right here. I, I, I'm so grateful to God. I'm going to turn my life over to God. And he did it. Maybe he realized without God, I can't raise this child in this dark, wicked world. I need God. I don't know what it was, but there was something about the fact when he had his child, that's when he made a decision, I need to walk with God. Let me tell you something. It doesn't matter how old your child is. Every time you look at that child, that needs to restore your faith in God. Even if your child may not be doing great spiritually, financially, emotionally, you still need to realize God gave you that child. And every time you look at him, he's calling you to walk with him. Because if you just follow, instruct, teach, that child will come back because they know where the truth is. In 2 John chapter, it's only one chapter, but verse 6, it says, And this is love, that we walk in obedience to his command. You realize if you walk with somebody for 300 years, you're going to have fellowship with that person. See? Right now, if you're walking with God, do you have fellowship with God? Everything we talk about always comes back to your personal walk with God. Nobody has to ask you, are you having quiet times? Are you praying every day? Seriously, the issue is, are you walking with God? That is the issue. That's the only thing that needs to be our concern. Are you walking with God? You know, God gives us a lot of commands. Matthew 28, verse 18. Turn over there with me here. This is a command he gave thousands of years ago, but it's still here today. Matthew 28, verse 18. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Let me help you understand, whether you're visiting, whether you're a member, there's three simple things the place that we want to get to we got to be walking and going to the same place as jesus and that's heaven we got to be on the same path as jesus follow him as a disciple we've also got to allow others to help us keep in pace now i want to make something clear on this people help us stay on pace you can say i'm walking with him i'm going the same direction But are you on the same page? See, that's why we have midweek service. That's why we have mission team, Bible talks. That's why we have devotionals. That's why we have church. So we can stay on pace. Now, I'm going to say this again because some people think midweek's optional. Devotional, that's optional. If I feel like it this month, no, no, that's how you stay on pace. That's how you stay white with God, walking with God. If you make a decision, I'm not going to the devotionals, then you know what? You're saying, I'm not staying on pace. We're having two midweeks a month, twice in the whole month, 30 or 31 days. You said two days you can't come to make sure you're staying on pace. Something's wrong with your walk. It's not anybody It's Something's wrong with your individual walk. If you can't make two meetings of the body. And we talk about it. The whole body, different parts, but we all make up the body, so we all need the hand, the foot, the eye, the ear, the nose, all that. We're meeting together, and we're missing a couple of ears. We're missing some toes, some fingers. This is not like, ooh, is this something we can go to? Why do we give you a calendar for the whole year? So you can plan on staying on pace in your walk with God. Now here's the thing. 20% applauded or saying amen. Because we gotta go back. 20% does what 80% doesn't do. But here's the thing. Nobody's going to make you stay on pace or walk with God. So you may be sitting there thinking, oh, that's not me. That's your business. But when the trumpet sounds and we start floating up and you like, how come I don't believe I can fly? Because you wouldn't stay on pace. That's why you're not walking up. That's why you stand on level ground. You got to stay on pace because that's the direction we're going. The issue is what direction are you going? Now, All this being said, this is why Enoch is in Hebrews 11, the hall of faith. Because in spite of all that was going on, he didn't just walk with God. He walked faithfully with God for 300 years, 300 years. Guys, anybody that could stay on pace for 300 years need to be in the hall of faith. I want to encourage you. Don't just walk away from this like, oh, you know, I understand. I got a couple of things out of it. No, no, no. What you need to get out of it. Is walking with Jesus, going the same direction, the same path, the same pace. This is why Enoch was commended as a righteous man and pleased God. He didn't need somebody calling him, reminding him, hey, we're having church tonight. Hey, come to the temple and worship. He knew it because he was already walking with God. I want to encourage you. This is going to be a good series on faith. We're going to talk about all these people that are in Hebrews 11. But you know what? I don't want this just to be church service and a series. It needs to be something that changes who we are. And each of us can walk away saying, you know what? I'm going to the right place. I'm on the right path. And I'm keeping pace. And to God be the glory. Amen.